Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, November 13th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, I will be in New York City on Wednesday. I am flying in early. I'm. This is a relatively short trip for me. It's only five days. So going to be cramming in as much as humanly possible during those five days. If you want to hear about everything that I'm doing, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon for my daily travel logs. Uh, the first show that I am seeing, and we're going to talk about this here in a minute, is I'm going back to Here We Are because I saw it the first time and didn't get it. So... I'm going to go see it again, but I, afterwards, Ashley Steves and I are going to talk about it at some point this week, and that'll be a special standalone episode as well, because as you likely remember, Ashley Steves loves all things Sondheim, and she also has seen it twice. So I'm hoping that I can at least have a semi-intelligent conversation with her after I've seen it a second time, because <laughs> right now I have I have very little to add to the conversation, but giving have it a go- Have you seen the film? Uh, no, I have not seen either of them. No. Oh, okay. 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 Interesting. So, yeah. So, uh, so that'll be on Patreon. That'll be a Patreon exclusive episode. So you can get all of our exclusive episodes at the mezzanine tier and above. All right, Grace, not a ton of news, but a lot of stuff in the schedule. But we're going to start off the news with an exclusive from Broadway News. And it is that there was an industry reading last Friday of the Pulitzer Prize winning drama by Tracy Letts, August Osage County. It was helmed by fairly recent Broadway radio guest David Cromer. It was invite only. Jeffrey Richards produced. And it had just an absolutely insane cast. It featured... Tracy Letts' wife, Carrie Coon, Ann Dowd, Betty Gilpin, Deirdre O'Connell, Susan Porfar, Will Brill, who starred with David Cromer off-Broadway and Uncle Vanya, Josh Lucas, Morgan Spector, and more. I have been hearing about this kicking around for a while, and I gotta tell you, I... Love August Osage County. The film wasn't great, but I saw a production, and maybe you did too, Grace, at Atlanta's Alliance Theater. I don't I don't know when, 2009, 2010. It was absolutely mesmerizing. It's a challenging show, but if you're going to tell me that they're going to put together this cast and potentially bring this to Broadway, which I, if Jeffrey Richards is attached, I have to assume that is the plan. That seems like a home run to me. So not much else is known about this. No one knows kind of what the trajectory or timetable or anything is, but this director, this producer, this cast seems pretty electric to me. It's funny because I actually heard a rumor about this particular group of people doing this show several months ago. So like knowing that there was exactly, and I'm just like, I love this place so much. I think that it has name recognition now that the film has come out and um, it's had some years on it and Tracy Lett's name continues to, to do well. So it makes sense that if they're going to have a play revival, like like in recent, recent times, it's not Tennessee Williams or Our Town or something. This one is it. Like, it actually totally makes sense to me. And I'm I'm excited because it's a lot of women and it's a lot of accents and it's a lot of yelling. And I love it. I love uh, it so much. I want to see this so badly. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is fantastic. And for those of us who loved the TV show, the HBO TV show, The Leftovers, seeing Anne Dowd and Carrie Coon on stage together is... Fantastic. I don't really remember how many scenes they actually had together on The Leftovers, but they were both incredible on that show. So I'm excited about this. I tried to do a little bit of digging uh, to get a, uh, some more details, and I really could not find a whole lot out about it other than 
what was in the news, what was reported by Broadway News. So we will see. Fingers crossed that this is something that comes to a Broadway stage. I don't think it'll be this season, but maybe potentially next fall or in the spring of 2025. All right. The other big news that came out on Friday was the nominations for the 66th annual Grammy Awards. They were announced on Friday ahead of the ceremony happening on February 4th of next year, obviously, at the bizarrely named Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles. Uh, That's where, like, the Lakers play. But for the ones that matter the most to us, the Best Musical Theater Album category nominees were Kimberly Akimbo, Parade, Shucked, Some Like It Hot, and Sweeney Todd. Now, Grace, I, I want to get into this because you have worked, obviously, on cast albums and those that including some that have been Grammy nominated. As I look through this list, it is always very bizarre to me how they break up which performers are actually nominated. They If, if there are singers nominated for these, they are designated as principal vocalists. At one point, I believe you had to like be credited on 50% of the tracks to have that distinction. I believe they have changed that rule. But the only albums of these five that have principal soloists designated are Parade, which has Michaela Diamond and Ben Platt, obviously, but also Alex Joseph Grayson and Jake Peterson. Good, good for them. Some Like It Hot, Christian Borle, J. Harrison G., Adriana Hicks and Natasha Yvette Williams, and then Sweeney Todd, Annalie Ashford, and Josh Groban. Shucked and Kimberly Akimbo do not include any principal vocalists, which that that boggles my mind. Like they're the people singing the songs. How are Victoria Clark and Bonnie Milligan and Alex Newell and Caroline Interbickler not recognized? with nominations if we're going to nominate these albums. It seems crazy to me. Can you shed a little bit of insight into how that process works at all? I, I'm not sure if you have a whole lot of insight, but if you do, can you kind of kind of explain how this works? I just all I can all I can say in my recent understandings of it, because I know there's more qualified people to speak on this, is that what has happened is there have been newer rulings, right, in the past like couple of years from the Grammy committee. This has nothing to do with you know, the people producing the albums or the people, uh, you know, producing the shows or the out, like, it's not, they are not making decisions on who is actually credited there for, for that kind of recognition right now. I will say on a separate note, I do find it challenging when new cast recordings are being made and people, uh, there, there's an option to make it company of blank musical versus each individual Mm -hmm. person. And that I have a very hard time with because a lot of the people in these shows also have music careers that they have cultivated through several cast recordings and or their own solo music. Right. And so when they are left off of that, like even someone that you consider just an ensemble member that doesn't have a, you know, a standout solo, it affects their internet cachet for uh, especially streamable music because most people don't buy physical media music anymore. So it's, it's a huge trickle effect. So that's, that's what I can speak to that I think is a, a, a big root of a lot of this issue is that we've gotten very far away from allowing everyone to be credited because I know it costs more money. I mean, that's, let's face it. You know what I mean? It's not that someone didn't want to type a name. It's, it's also like that appearing 
everywhere out into the ether and and just looking really seamless and sexy company of blank on a on a track. You know, I understand that too. It's just not standard anymore and it doesn't make sense for this particular industry. You know, this is one of the few nominatable yeah, categories um that <laughs> you can actually say multiple people were uh, involved in the making of that sound like vocally. Yeah, exactly. um, and so I think it's, it's really, it's really challenging that, that those things aren't there, especially when you've got things like Alex Newell winning a Tony award for a role and not being credited in a Grammy nomination is really yucky. Yeah. Don't like that. Um, but there are a couple other theater things that are nominated in other categories. The, Legendary Liz Calloway was nominated for her album To Steve With Love, Liz Calloway Celebrates Stephen Sondheim, as was Sondheim Unplugged, the New York City Sessions Volume 3. That is an ongoing show that happens at 54 Below. Both of those uh, albums were nominated in the traditional pop vocal album category. Can I just say two snubs? Can I just say them? Please. I'm sorry, but think what you will. Say what you will. New York, New York's album, it being arguably one of the last like Candor and Ebb albums ever, and those gorgeous orchestrations, like that to me is insane. It not being nominated, number one. Number two, Funny Girl, really? Name someone who hasn't talked about how incredible that album is. I just want to say, I just want to say, how dare I mean... (laughs) By saying that, that means you have to take out two of the things that were nominated, and I'm not going to ask you those. No, but I it don't. Is tough. No, I don't, Matt. I live in a beautiful, perfect world <laughs> where I get all the nominations that I want. I don't okay. want to be mean. <laughs> but fair. no, I, I I hear you. I know that there's a, a, a number limit, but I choose to disregard it right now, and I want those those shows in there as well. Very fair. That is your prerogative. All right, Grace, we're going to get into this week's theatrical schedule. And it's a busy one, like uber, uber busy. And not just because of things happening on Broadway, but things happening off Broadway, openings, closing, beginnings of performances. So I will have all of this list in the show notes, but I'm going to try to run through this stuff fairly quickly. Uh, If there's a show that you want to talk about, Grace, uh, or expound upon, please feel free to jump in at any point. But lots going on. And it'll actually start tonight on Broadway over at the Ethel Barrymore Theater, where Harmony will officially open. The show obviously has been in the works for more than a quarter century with music by Barry Manilow, lyrics by Bruce Sussman. Sussman also wrote the book. It is directed and choreographed by Warren Carlyle. We are not going to have a standalone episode with the reviews for this because the reviews are embargoed for 11, 18 PM. And I'm sure that there is a reason for that. I will be asleep by the time that happens. So the, the, the reviews will be on Wednesday's episode that we, that we record on Tuesday. I hate to have them that late, but we can't talk about the reviews because they won't be out by the time I'm asleep later tonight. Also opening on Monday night will be the off-Broadway uh, production of Danny and the Deep Blue Sea at the Lucille Lortel Theater. The show is written by John Patrick Shanley and directed by Jeff Ward and features Aubrey Plaza and Christopher Abbott. It is only running for 10 weeks, so if you can get tickets, which I don't actually think you can, I think they're pretty much all sold out at this point. You can maybe find some singles here and there, but it is um, a very difficult ticket to get unsurprisingly. 
Then let's go over to the MCC Theater on Monday night because they will begin performances for the new play Walk On Through Confessions of a Museum Novice. This is an interesting kind of show that was originally commissioned by the Metropolitan Museum of Art. It is by and starring Gavin Creel, and it has... Uh, a kind of an interesting multimedia part of this where they do show some interactive exhibits from the Met as well through it. But it also includes like 17 original songs. So very cool, very fun. The show also includes some fantastic singers like Sasha Allen, Ryan Vasquez and more. On Wednesday at the Belasco Theater, we will have the very first Broadway performance of How to Dance in Ohio. This is a new musical directed by Sammy Knold and choreographed by Mate Natalio. It features a book and lyrics by Rebecca Greer Molosic and music by Jacob Yandora. The cast, as we've talked about before, features many actors who are neurodivergent in some way, which is at the very center of this show. It is based off of a um, off of a documentary set in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. So I, I love that. This is one that will have a lot of Tony buzz moving forward. And we will certainly hear that when it opens on December 10th. Then on Thursday, we actually have another Broadway opening this week. And that is the Broadway revival of Spamalot over at the St. James theater. I don't need to tell you who's in this because everybody is in this. We've talked about this before. It is directed by Josh Rhodes. Also on Thursday, though, down at the Public Theater, the new play Manhattan will begin performances. It is by Mary Catherine Nagel and directed by Lori Woolery. It is currently scheduled to run through December 17th. It is a gripping journey from the fur trade of the 1600s to the stock trade of today. The show tells the story of Jane Snake, a brilliant young Native woman with a Stanford MBA. She reconnects with her ancestral Lenape homeland known as Manhattan when she moves from Oklahoma to New York for a banking job. Uh, I have tickets to see this in, uh, in December, so looking forward to hearing more about this moving forward. Then on Friday, we have another off-Broadway show beginning performances. This is the musical adaptation of the Buena Vista Social Club at the Atlantic Theater. It features a book by Marco Ramirez and is directed by Sahim Ali. It features a ton of songs from the original film. And David Yazbek has also come in to kind of be the music director and, uh, and creative consultant. It has choreography by Patricia Delgado and Justin Peck. It is currently scheduled to run through New Year's Eve. Then on Sunday, one more big opening for the week, and that is back at the Public Theater, Hell's Kitchen, a show that we will be hearing much, much more of moving forward. Music and lyrics by Alicia Keys, book by Christopher Diaz, choreography by Camille A. Brown and directed by Michael Greif. This one is currently scheduled to run off-Broadway through January 7th. The cast, as we've talked about before, is phenomenal. Shoshana Bean, Brandon Victor Dixon. Malia Joy Moon uh, playing Ali, who is essentially Alicia Keys in this show. And really, really fantastic. I have not heard a ton about this. Um, It seems like everybody's being fairly tight-lipped, so kind of excited to see what happens with the reviews next Sunday. Also opening on Sunday off-Broadway is the new show from the Mischief crew. It is Mind Mangler, A Night of Tragic Illusion. It is playing at New World Stages. Then we also have some closings on Sunday. The Shark is Broken on Broadway, Daphne Off-Broadway from LCT3, and Marry Me from the New York Theater Workshop, which I know people have been raving about. So again, Grace, thank you for letting me run through all of that. But if people want more information, you can check out the show notes. Other than 
perhaps the shark is broken, which obviously you work on. Is there anything that you are specifically interested in either opening, closing, beginning performances from this from this coming week, Grace? Um, I'm definitely excited about one of us, a social club. Um, that's the one that I am really looking forward to, like by comparison, I guess, just because like it's lineage from the film and just like, I'm, I'm curious how they're adapting it on stage. And I love Atlantic theater company. So I think that that's going to be really, really cool. So I'm excited about that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right, real quick, some show and casting news and stuff like that. Last week, Manhattan Theater Club announced that Poor Yellow Rednecks has been extended. It will now play at New York City Center through December 3rd. And this is something that I had not heard much about, but Sheridan Smith is going to star in the world premiere of John Cassavetes' opening night, a new musical with a book by Evo Van Hova and music and lyrics by Rufus Wainwright. I am I did I miss this, Grace? Sounds like, like a fever dream. Right. Like, what is going on? I did not know that Evo and Rufus were writing a musical together. Did I miss that? No, I think we all missed it. I don't think that it was like discussed. I think it's like, bam, there it is. And I saw the poster and I went, what the hell? Okay. Yeah, sure. Go off, Kings. Uh, it makes sense. Um, Does it? I, I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You got a bunch of right. cool weirdos that like uh, performance. <laughs> Being weird. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Okay, let's go for it. It will begin performances at London's Gilgood Theater in the West End on March 6th and is currently scheduled to run through July 27th. It follows a theater company's preparations to stage a major new play on Broadway, but drama ignites behind the scenes when their leading lady is rocked by tragedy and her personal turmoil forces everyone to deliver the performances of their lives. I don't want to get I don't know that we should even get into this, but like Sheridan Smith starring in a show like that is kind of interesting because I think she's gone through some fairly similar things um, during her career. And she has, you know, been vocal about when she was doing Funny Girl, the the production that led to the Funny Girl on Broadway. She dealt with a tragedy in her life and had to kind of step away from that show at times. So I think this is a very interesting meta thing to kind of add to that weirdness that you talked about, Grace, from these creators. All right, that is all of the news that we have. I mentioned that I am going to be in town starting on Wednesday. Grace, here's what I'm seeing so far. There are still one or two slots that I am waiting on. But as I said, I'm seeing here we are on Wednesday. Then Wednesday night, Grace, you and I are going to see I Need That with your BFF Danny DeVito on Broadway. I believe on Thursday I'm going to have something, but I don't know what yet. So stay tuned for that one. Then I might be going and seeing a reading called Onward and Upward on Friday. But then Grace, you and I are going to see Jaja's African hair braiding on Broadway. Then I'm going to go on Saturday to see an early screening of the new Disney movie musical Wish, which I'm very excited about. And then on Saturday night, I'm going to go see Spamalot on Broadway. And then on Sunday, I am seeing Mad Women of the West with Mary Lou Henner in it. And then Dracula, A Comedy of Terrors. And then I'm going to go over to 54 Below and wrap things up with Jasmine Forsberg's concert. My conversation with Jasmine will be coming up in the next day or so in both of the feeds. So short trip, going to cram in as much as I humanly possibly can. Grace, maybe I'll throw in a beautiful noise on Thursday matinee if I can work my schedule around it. But excited to be back in town for the second time in two months and what might be the second time of four times over a four-month period if everything shakes out the way that I think it will. That's so exciting, Matt. That's insane. <laughs> it's a lot, Congrats. but there's all reasons. There's reasons. For what are you, me? <laughs> I know. Well, 
No, I'm not as busy as you. Nobody is as busy as you, Grace. But anyway, all right, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Reading. You can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWW Matt Grace. Where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful week, a wonderful Monday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. 